Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone in the <laughs> franchise pros. Stan the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever the passion lights that pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire. From a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear and streaming it. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Let's start that over. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. I'm joined with my guest, my co-host, Stan Friedman, and our guest, Will Knight from Fort Worth, Texas. And, of course, again, as we've jinxed ourselves, we've had some technical difficulties <laughs> this morning on Franchise Tech. I, Stan, I, I, I don't know what it is. What actually got picked up was our interview with uh, Bart Oates from uh, wow. when we did it uh, going into <laughs> New York. And for some reason, all of a sudden, that popped up on the screen. It's strange. Well... You know, Block Talk Radio has been good to us, Paul, but it might be time to find a new home. I think that yeah, this is uh, yeah. probably three weeks in a row now, right, that something's spun out of control. But you know what? We'll make the most of it for the moment. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And and as I said, um, you're in Fort Worth, Texas. I love when we have an opportunity to do the show, you know, live with a guest right there. Of course, the, the basis of Franchise Today is, is full transparency, which is why we like doing it live. And today, uh, to that point, is August 1st, 2018. This year is flying by at turbo speed. Um, but it's good to hear your voice. I mean, last week we um, we had a series of, of cancellations. Midsummer, I guess, uh, you know, doldrums, the dog days of summer, and uh, just could not get a guest uh, lined up. Uh, with one cancellation after another, and uh, but you know so so goes the uh, the transparency of summer. But I will say we've got some great guests lined up for August. Of course, starting today with um, Mel Knight, uh, the co-founder and president of Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Uh, also next week we have Shannon Hudson, a co-founder of Nine Round, which is growing at a rapid pace. And then uh, two weeks after that. Uh, somebody I know very dear to you, Stan Ray Titus, uh, will be on thanks to our uh, good friends at BizCom PR. So, um, and I'm sure we'll be filling in the rest of August uh, just as well. Absolutely, Paul. And I'm looking forward to Ray getting on here and talking a lot about the growth of his organization, but more, moreover than even that, um, the amount of energy and um, dollars he's invested into Palm Beach Atlantic University's Titus Franchise Center, and that program is growing. 
and it may solve the problem down the road that you and I always talk about at the beginning of the show, and we'll talk about again today with Mel, is how franchising always finds us. We don't find it. Well, now we got kids going to school to learn it, and so maybe we're going to turn a corner in a, maybe a generation or a decade ahead. Looking forward to that, Paul. But yeah. for today, I've got, a, I've got a perplexing question for you, Paul. How many oh, ways... Okay. How many ways can you spin a cup of coffee? Can you spin a cup of coffee? I thought we were going to go into the Paul Simon, I mean, how you know, many versus, ways? Uh, how many ways? <laughs> how many ways can you spin a I'm cup of coffee? I, I don't I'm know. I'm not, I'm not even trying. I'm trying to think about where you're going with this. Don't think too hard. I'm looking at an article in QSR magazine. And this article in QSR magazine says that there are 100 million ways because Duncan Brand's new CEO, David Hoffman, during a July 26th conference call, committed to a $100 million plan to rule the beverage game. And they are investing $100 million into technology to better serve beverages to a growing and different kind of audience and that's more people on the go than sitting down and drinking a cup at a, at a current location. That's a big number, Paul. $100 million to, to come up with a plan to rule the beverage game. And it says in that same article, and I might point out that some of the funding for that may come from the 1,000 new restaurants that they say they're going to open between now and 2020. Um, and 90% of those are going to be outside of their sacred chartered Northeast, Northeast Territory. So the brand's on the move and definitely, definitely reinvesting a tremendous amount of money in reinventing itself and keeping itself relevant in, in front of the marketplace. A hundred million dollars, Paul. That's a lot of coffee. You know, as you were saying that about coffee, of course, for our listeners' uh, uh, knowledge, if they haven't already uh, heard this and remembered it, you know, Stan and I grew up, you know, very short distance away from each other in Brooklyn, New York, and of course, only got to know each other over the last, you know, five or six years. But as you were saying that, $100 million and you had coffee in the same line, I'm thinking about what our grandfathers probably would have thought, you know, say, what do you mean $100 million? It's coffee. You make it, you pour it in a cup, there it is, 25 cents. Yeah, it was a can of chock full of nuts in my kitchen, and, you know, that was probably 89 cents back in the day. But that's a ton of money. Hey, Paul, another note. So... So this next front of the house note is, I think, going to have to fall into the bucket that you and I always call, you just can't make this stuff up. So last week, 11 states and the District of Columbia filed suit against the Trump administration over their desire to help bring association health care to the fore. I mean... You know, government just can't get out of the way, man. This is insane. 11 states and the District of Columbia, so 12 entities are suing to prevent something that would benefit those employed by franchise companies that belong to, say, an association like the IFA or, you know, retailers that belong to the nationalist, whatever they call Retail Federation, NRF. Um, I just can't understand how productive our tax dollars. Thankfully, I don't live in one of those 11 states, um, and I'm going to call them out 
and you won't be surprised to discover that they all have blue flags, not red ones. Um, New York is leading this and joined by Massachusetts, California, Delaware, Kentucky, Maryland, New Jersey, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Washington State. And I mean, Paul, you know what? This just screams to our audience. Franchisors, get your franchisees and show up this year on September 4th in Washington, D.C. for the franchise program that brings us to Capitol Hill each year. And uh, the Franchise Action Network and the IFA, um, every year, take that trek to Capitol Hill. Get in front of your legislators. You've got to have conversations with these people and talk some sense into them because this is like insane. Who sees value in preventing this is beyond my comprehension. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Absolutely agree. But And anyway, thanks for bringing it. You know, to everybody's attention, and certainly, uh, again, to go along with the lines we always say, you just can't make that up. I mean, it just is nope. beyond any type of practical sense. I'm thinking it's, you know, these people are fuzzy in a different kind of way. They're just not thinking right, you know. <laughs> but but speaking of fuzzy, Paul, I want to I bring on Mel, our guest today, with a quote. And the quote says, what we saw in fuzzies was not just amazing unit economics, but an amazing culture. And that quote is from Aziz Hashim, managing partner of NRD Capital, and he's speaking of his company's investment in fuzzies. This week, it's my pleasure to not only uh, have Mel here as our guest, Paul, as, but he's welcomed me into the office as we're walking him to the, to the show. Um, and I'm sitting here in, in Fuzzy's HQ in Fort Worth, Texas, for my portion of today's interview. Fuzzy's is known for its menu of Baja-style tacos with a fast, casual, counter-ordered service style and has been building a growing legion of loyal fans since they started in 2001. The fan base for the brand is what captured the attention of Atlanta-based NRD, who acquired a 70% stake in the company in 2016. Mel? Welcome to Franchise Today, and as we always do, we're going to start the interview with you talking about how franchise is just not intentional. You know, we don't go to school to study to become franchisors. Franchising finds us, and I know that Fuzzies has been part of your life since 2001 as a co-founder, but help the audience understand how you got into this business, how this business got into franchising and what you were doing before fuzzies that got you in queue for this amazing ride that you're on today. Will do. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure for you guys to be here. Uh, excited to, to talk fuzzies. Um, I uh, had the unique opportunity in, in uh, college to go to work for a regional brand in Houston, Texas that a lot of you will know as, as the Pappas family actually worked for a concept uh, that they had actually two, one called the Strawberry Patch, one called the Circus. Um, I'm kind of aging myself here, but way before Papacitos and Papa Do's, they actually had Papa Seafood, but really got the bug of the business, uh, got out of school, uh, actually opened my own steakhouse, 
So did that uh, that off the ground by yourself, uh, non-franchise, uh, challenging uh, thing that uh, is, is, is those of us have, that have done that know is can be challenging on your own. Um, then I had the opportunity to go to work for Whataburger in a, a multi-unit capacity and during my time there in operations actually went into a, a franchising with Whataburger that was extremely uh, educational and really my first foray into what the franchise world looks like a uh, legacy concept over you know 50 years 60 years old uh, with a lot of mature franchisees so uh, really uh, trial by fire uh, got the opportunity to do some stuff internationally with Whataburger in Mexico uh, so on that side of the franchise I feel like it it gave me the opportunity to really think about the really good things and the not so good things that ultimately I've been able to incorporate into Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Uh, beyond that, uh, actually had the chance to, to run a, a group that developed 35 Jamba Juices in Texas. Um, from there, got a call from an old friend who uh, was actually a, a customer of mine at at my restaurant in Denton early on and he said why don't you come over here and let's take a look at this little fuzzies taco shop on uh, on Westbury in Fort Worth and we put together a team and uh, got got that restaurant in a, a very good economic position with sales growing and just just good old-fashioned uh, attention to detail uh, attention to people taking taking good care of folks uh, you know obviously paying at close attention to the food um, keeping it clean all the things we all know and that that have to be done and ultimately did that got it going built a second store um, started getting a lot of uh, questions from folks about hey, why don't you franchise this thing? Um, so we actually set up a, a franchise company, opened a third store in my hometown, which is Denton, Texas. And basically I uh, just officed out of that unit. And we to date still don't have what uh, one of our, our really talented, brilliant NRD partners, Susan Beth, calls a wonderful package that that we send out to folks um, basically if if somehow you had gotten through word of mouth that fuzzies was something that you were interested in then we basically had a phone call and I invited you to if you could get to Denton Texas let's sit down let's let's visit let's get to know each other and uh, really things hadn't changed much since then it's a a very personal approach to uh, getting to know getting to know folks, making sure that we believe that they really understand the lifestyle of of the restaurant business, and beyond that, try to get them as familiar with our culture as possible. And 
that was, I guess we opened our first franchise store in 2008. Uh, at that point, we had probably four company stores, one franchise store, and as of today, we're at 146 open units. So we're going to come back a little bit later and unpack more about the franchise side of the business, Mel. But this brand is, you know, I can count on one hand the brands that I'm familiar with that have had this almost cult-like culture of an insane loyalty and love and passion. I mean, I can think of In-N-Out Burgers would be one of those. Um, Chick-fil-A is another of those. And I'm running out of things. <laughs> right. And now fuzzies. Um, what is it that makes that happen? You know, it's uh, I, I can only really go to some comments that, that folks have made over the years. One, one that really stands out is a, a customer told me one time that every time I go to Fuzzy's Taco Shop, I go, I feel like I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that we've had, we've had a lot of success with just really living up to the fast casual name and brand and that is that when you come in it's it's friendly it's the the people working for us um take ownership in what they're doing and it's a feeling that people come in it's a great value the food is made from scratch in every restaurant so you know the the proposition quality food at a great price is truly there um, and in an atmosphere where uh, you can have a beer, you can have a margarita, it's a relaxed atmosphere, it's a place to, to come and hang out. Um, so friends, family, uh, just enjoy a unique experience that's, that's very casual. You can come in your suit at lunch, you can come in flip-flops. Um, we embrace all of the above. Um, it's, it's, it was amazing early on. We've got, you know, bumper stickers that are stick on window stickers that say Fuzzy's Taco Shop that we sell at a restaurant for a buck. Right. And it was just amazing to me over the years, how many, you know, cars in a parking lot or, or going down the highway would, uh, would have Fuzzy's Taco stickers on their cars. And I, I really would actually... I had the opportunity. I, I would, if I pulled up somebody, somehow stick my arm out the window. I'd give them a gift card and say, "Thanks, Thanks. for being loyal <laughs> customers to Fuzzy Taco Shop." So, it's difficult to answer exactly what it is. I, I think, partially to to really lift our skirt up a little bit, we've got um, a program in our in our company stores where we actually put put aside monthly a percentage of uh, of top line sales into a separate savings account and we uh christmas time we we write big checks to you know eight nine ten dollar an hour folks that um you know i think we've never gotten away with that from that yep and I, I think that created some loyalty, you know, for somebody that's making eight, nine bucks, there's a, a tenure 
portion to that formula as well that you know these guys are getting two three four thousand dollar checks at christmas time you know you could call it by loyalty but what i call it is is true family relationships yeah. and when you go into a fuzzies you you don't see one leader you know running around barking you see a lot of people that feel like that they own that restaurant and that people are coming to see them and that's uh to me that's the true culture that's way cool you know stan you were mentioning about a cult-like um you know following and as you were saying that and of course as you mentioned in and out burgers of course i'm living here in texas and uh, a lot of people here will go and and fight you about whataburger versus you know in and out burger and there's been various taste tests and stuff but of course you know as uh, as mel was talking about uh, you know his background going back to whataburger you know they they're a, a franchise organization very successful but of course they march to the beat of of their drum and their drum only and they have a very solid cult following and a, and a very strong culture and also a, another one that of course we're very proud of here in texas is about the Papas family and uh, yeah i remember uh, some of the brands that you were talking about um that definitely showed both of our age well uh i remember that first <laughs> move to texas and and here about and you didn't mention of course dot diner too um but you know right. in texas you know you 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 hear about you know fajitas and everybody says papacitos i've heard about papacitos got to go to papacitos and they've got a great culture so certainly it seems like you know some of those great things that you learned at at whataburger some of those great things that you learned at at papacitos you've brought into the culture and the organization and of course hey the bottom line is you brought in good lone star state culture into your organization <laughs> that is just second to none second to none <laughs> Is there a question in there, Paul? <laughs> no, it was just kind of this pause, this mic drop, and I was just waiting. I'm afraid to drop the mic these days because we might get kicked off the air. But it's <laughs> by core technology. But, I mean, it's just – you're right. I mean, you know, and as you were talking about the customer that said, I feel like I'm on vacation, uh, you're right. It's like this transformation as you go through the door. It's this great personal service. It's unique in so many different ways. Certainly the food is not thrown at you uh, like in a lot of other places. You don't feel like you're, you don't even feel like you're in a restaurant. You feel like you're in somebody's backyard, somebody's, you know, or, or a hotel cantina. I mean, all the way around, but yet it extends beyond that. I mean, it's something that you've ingrained into your employees and your franchisees that is definitely carrying forward. Yeah, probably um, one of the most exciting things about Fuzzy's Taco Shop is um, when you when you look at our average unit volumes and you look at we do a top ten sales you know leader every uh, every week and. Week in and week out, I, I think we have one store in Texas that makes the top 10. So I say that only to illustrate how, how proud I am of how Fuzzies is traveling outside of the state of Texas, like in, 
in Florida, in Colorado, in Oklahoma, in Arizona. So um, that that's really exciting, um, not only for us, but for for you know the future of folks that uh, might have an interest in in looking at fuzzies as an opportunity. I think there's got to be something said for training. Sure. And and we're going to talk more on the franchising side and on the second half of the program today. But I've always said in all my years around the franchising world that um, you can only copy what you can see. So many other brands try to replicate other brands and copy from. So you can copy a menu board and you can copy um, a design or something that's visible. But when you've got a culture as rich as yours is, that's kind of like what's under the water level on an iceberg. You can't see that and you can't fake that. So how do you, in, in this kind of leading into the franchising side of our conversation, how do you assure in your selection that you've got the right kind of a cultural fit that's going to carry that baton and make it as important as the cost of goods sold and the service and the cleanliness of the restaurant? That's the magic, magic challenge. Um, wh- what we do is, you know, unlike, um, you know, a lot of brands, there's a lot of great brands out there, but, you know, I, I think a lot of times things are driven by somebody saying that we're only successful if we build 30 stores this year. Um, so we really don't, our, our business isn't driven by how many units we're going to open or how many new franchisees come aboard. Um, our business is driven on really spending a lot of personal time with prospective franchisees trying to do the best we can around what it looks like to be part of this organization. Have we missed on a couple? Yeah, sure we have. Um, But this, uh, you know, one of the first conversations that we have is, is number one, why do you want to get in the restaurant business? Because it's obviously very challenging. Um, It's a lifestyle and what uh, are we are we ready for this thing that that is absolutely not a get rich quick scheme? Right. This is it's hard work. Um, if if you really like surfing, if you really like to play golf, you can do all those things. But we're going to need a sabbatical from those for a minute while we <laughs> while we create. Um, something that, you know, is people want to go and, and, and see consistency and see the same people. And you know what, you got to be there. And uh, we, we talk a lot about absentee ownership and how that works well for a lot of businesses. But uh, in the beginning, there's, there's got to be leadership and there's got to be a face to the business. And, those are the kind of things that we really spend a lot of time developing relationships before we we shake hands and go in business together. You're listening to Franchise Today. I'm Paul Segreto along with Stan Friedman. We're talking today with Mel Knight, president and co-founder of Fuzzy's Taco Shop. If you don't know about t- Fuzzy's, they're amazing. Tacos, unit economics, and culture. 
and really a great cult-like following. Franchise Today is brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track access and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified, too, with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your franchisee correspondence, including text messages, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences to your prospective franchisees replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost. No excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach that delivers more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and, of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about the Franchise Foundry and my proud team, along with their expanding list of clients, at www.franchisefoundry.com. Dot com. You know, Mel, I know it's been a, uh, a heck of a ride. Uh, as we titled today's show, Amazing Tacos, Unit Economics, and Culture, which, of course, was spun out of that quote that Stan uh, referred to earlier by Aziz Ashim. We said what we saw in Fuzzies was not just amazing unit economics, but an amazing culture. And, of course, we're, we're talking a lot about, you know, culture today. And Stan mentioned about, you know, training and support. It was interesting as I was going through here um, and doing my research for today's show, uh, you had asked, you know, Aziz when he came on, what he was most concerned about. And I had read that he said, I'm concerned about the support in order to be able to support the franchisees. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? moment, which I think was a key moment for both of you. Agreed, 100%. Um, I, you know, Aziz has done amazing things in his career and, and really been around uh, world-class brands. And he was, I think, pretty taken back by how many stores that we were going to open in the very near future and when looking at our organizational chart and our infrastructure um, really just said hey if we're gonna if we're gonna be in business together then we're going to create this world-class organization that is here to support 
these franchisees in, in the best way that anybody does it in the world. Um, so with that said, uh, I think that's that's where his concern came came from was we, you know, we never intended really for this to be what it's become. So we had, you know, some legacy folks around here that just wore a whole lot of hats and everybody, we really didn't work around titles. We just all came together and, and again, did a lot of different things. So with that came uh, a structure piece from Aziz and from NRD Capital that has allowed us all to uh, really not wear as many hats, be laser focused on on what we're what we're going to do and what we're going to accomplish, and and because of that, we've put training teams in place, uh, we've put you know real estate and construction folks in place, we've we've hired more marketing people, we've we've just caught up to really the size of company that we are with with a lot of support from our partner. How many units were we at? At that time, Mel, when your conversations with NRD were ensuing, right at eighty. Eighty. Yeah. And so was Susan one of those people that absolutely had to come to Denton and have one of those absolutely. conversations with Mel. <laughs> you bet. You bet. <laughs> and how did that look for you? How did that feel? Um, you know, it, we we were getting phone calls from a lot of folks from private equity, and sitting down with those folks, it it never you know, not bashing anybody by any stretch of the imagination, but there was there was never much clarity to the conversations. Um, I was new to that world, so although it was flattering, there was not, no substance to really say, okay, what what are you guys looking for here? Right. Um, and then all of a sudden you meet. You meet Harrison Price, you meet Aziz Hashim, you meet Susan Beth. Um, they're real people with real conversations and um, just this uniqueness to uh, what they're trying to accomplish with their company. And it, it just came through loud and clear. And I'll say that uh, the, the main reason that we're partners with them is just their core values of who they are as people and as a company, and they they align with us perfectly. So, culture played a role. Yeah. plays a role in That's your right. in your decision on the business side of the business as much as it does yeah. on the unit side of the Very business. Very good point. And selecting right properly. Yeah. So let's talk about the franchise side of the business. And you said something that triggered something in my thinking when you said you know, why first do you even want to be in the restaurant business? So that would indicate to me that a great many of the people that you're talking with are people who are coming from completely outside of the food right. business. These are not people who are looking for a second or a third flag to fly right. in an already existing portfolio. That's right. So kind of unpack that a little further and tell us who is the operator that that you you get excited about and see as a potentially you know successful and aspiring guy for your brand and can they grow into further opportunities for more right um you know 
to me, it's easy when you, you set up a, a restaurant franchise company to say out loud, uh, you need X amount of dollars of net worth. You need X amount of liquid capital. You need X amount of years specifically in the restaurant business. Because we weren't out marketing franchising, uh, everything was a phone call from folks. Then literally, I, I just had the attitude, if somebody is going to take the time to get to Denton, Texas and visit, I, I would give you that time. Well, because of, of that approach, um, there is, is story after story after story in, in fuzzies of, of people that didn't necessarily have um, a great financial situation. Um, you know, for the most part, they, they need to be accomplished in Right. Um, but again, it was it was getting to know them, getting to understand that they were going to be the ones in the restaurants every day driving this business. So the approach was more of, you know, does this person really understand the culture? Does this person really understand the lifestyle of the restaurant business? And there's there's folks in our system now that started out where a lot of they a lot of companies wouldn't have given them an opportunity that now have three and four and five restaurants and, mm-hmm. and are very successful and quite frankly that may be the most proud i am of what we do at fuzzy's taco shop now since then we've we've evolved to you know multi-unit franchisees that have multiple brands and and that's um that's flattering as well that that those, these guys want to add us to their portfolio and we obviously want to continue that, um, but I, I think it was just a an approach of just because mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that that we won't entertain the thought of you becoming a business partner with us. So, with that in mind, Mel, you know who is your ideal candidate today? You know, both for single unit development as well as for multi-unit development? Um, you know, it's obviously it, people that have infrastructure in place to take, you know, take a brand in, in their community because maybe the territory is, is not available for their current, current concepts is the most attractive because they're look this is a risky business right and in new markets it's challenging and and you always hope that people are going to adopt your your flavor profile so um you know those, those guys that have multiple concepts that have infrastructure in place and really they're looking for opportunities for their guys in their system for new things and to get some equity, you know, that that's a win for everybody. Um, and then, you know, in, in places where you can continue to fill in with single unit operators that then it gives them a little 
better chance of success because you can see the bigger guys being successful, to me that that's the perfect combination. Are you putting those restaurants in close proximity when they open their second or third, or are you losing some of the personal touch that that owner now has three sites to be visiting and becoming um, a familiar face in? Um, well, yeah, that, I mean, that's the big challenge, yeah. right? But that's why the, you know, if you take a guy in, let's, let's say South Carolina and he's got Burger Kings and he's got Dunkin' Donuts and he's got wing stops and, and really his motivation is that he's got these guys that he wants to give opportunities to, then they're used to, to managing things that way. Right. And they, they understand that, you know, you, you, you got to have that leader in each store through an operating partner program or whatever it is. Um, for, for somebody like that, I, I think the risk is less because they've been there, they've done that, they know what they're doing. Right. But then you come around with a guy who doesn't necessarily have it. Well, that's not as risky for him because regionally we've already proven that people are going to adopt this. And it just takes the risk out of a single-unit single operator a little more. Do you actually talk them into fuzzies or do you talk them out of it? Uh, initially, I, I almost always say, look, the first portion of this is going to seem a bit negative <laughs> because I want you to under or make you think about um, what you're doing and, and how many hours we're open a day and what the labor market looks like and, you know, marketing um, with, with 146 stores in 13 states. Marketing, it's, it's not a national marketing campaign. Right. It's, it's boots on the ground. It's hard work. And, and somebody in the organization's got to have a good skill set and enjoy doing that. You know, I'm reminded, Mel, of this memory just flashed into my mind's eye. Um, back in my franchisor days, when I was a partner at Wing Zone, I had a very similar way of approaching things with trying to almost talk you out of this instead of into it. And I had an older guy, not quite my age, but not too far away, who was from Eastern Europe. He was a very thick Russian type accent. And I told him, this is not a young, this is a young guy's business. Right. Why do you want to do this? He said, what do you know about work? You know, I'm, I come from work. Right. Um, I made him go to work in the store. Yeah. And I put him in the store and made him do an open to close shift yeah. and made him open again the next day and then close that night again. And he looked me in the eye and said, I know now what you mean, <laughs> but I still do this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I mean, for me, that, you know, mitigated it. Absolutely. I mean, I, my conscience would not have allowed right. for that That's it. to happen without really testing the water. Right. Very similar. And we've done that with so many people in our organization that have not necessarily a, a two-day stamp, but, hey, you know, why don't you come work here for – 10 bucks an hour for a couple months and make sure that you're, this is, and yeah. you know, there's, there's stories of guys out there that now, you know, have two or three restaurants that started that very same way. I mean, in my days, it was guys who thought that cooking wings and frying wings and delivering wings were going to be as much fun as sitting home and having right. them delivered. <laughs> exactly. It never quite worked out that way, exactly. right? <laughs> so um, do you do any other testing? Do you do any kind of profiling? Do you do anything to help um, 
give you the assurance that your gut instincts are correct? Or do you even have a committee now of people who make decisions about future franchisees? Um, we, during the process, we get everybody from our executive team involved to answer questions, get a feel. Um, if there's, you know, if there's an alarming you know, something that somebody picks up on, and then we discuss those things. Um, so, you know, from, there's a lot of research around what, you know, what those guys have done in their, their previous lives and there's a, their accomplishments. So I won't say it's totally a, a gut feel, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's three or four meetings mm-hmm. before we just, you know, slide an agreement across right. the table to somebody that, you know, I say that in jest because I, I hear stories of of not right. so good yeah. things out there. So this is a very interesting uh conversation. I was sitting here just kind of drifting away, thinking I was in Puerto Vallarta, getting ready to head out to Fuzzies <laughs> this afternoon and grab a margarita and a couple of tacos. And then you talked about boots on the ground and it kinda of woke me back up. But uh, Anyway, I'm going to ask you this million-dollar question, Mel, okay, because a lot has transpired from 2001 to 2018, and obviously a lot has changed, you know, a lot of movement, progressive movement, you know, since 2016 uh, when Aziz and his team came on board. What do you wish you knew back then that you now know after joining forces with uh, Aziz and company. Um, you know, I think that we were we were unique in in our ownership group, in that we were a little bit fragmented around the goals of of each individual partner. Um, one of the legacy partners was completely adverse to debt. So we made a lot of decisions based on being extremely conservative. Um, I think that we kind of knew that we, we had something here and to really go grow it and develop it we needed to get some capital to really go do it effectively and instead of being conservative around, okay, well, let's build store number one, number two, and let's really let this whole thing play out from a unit economic level. So uh, I think kind of to answer your question is we could have been a lot more aggressive in the early years um, been in a lot of places, and instead we had this just conservative, uh, somewhat happy with where we are attitude. And what NRD has done is is come and, and basically given us the confidence to to not only you know put folks in the right spots and and grow this thing to a national brand, uh, but been a great partner in supporting the decisions to be a, a world-class organization and 
and again, just to have the confidence to to just go do it. Which leads to my next question, um, Mel, which is what are you seeing over the horizon next one, three, even five years? Are you looking that far ahead? And um, and what are you seeing if so? Um, you know, there's there's not a lot of change to, to our approach right now. We still, um, you know, if you want to be a Fuzzies franchisee, then you send an inquiry here and and I actually get on the phone with you. And so from that perspective, things really haven't changed. Um, so it's still an approach of, of who is, uh, who's, who's the right fit for, for what we're doing here at Fuzzies. So with that said, um, you know, we, we did 35 new stores last year. We, We'll open 25 stores this year. The majority of that growth growth is coming from existing franchisees, which I think so speaks to a, yeah, a healthy the system. Best testimonial you can get. Um, there's you there's places where we're not ready to go yet, which we get a lot of inquiries about. So the good news about the relationship with us and NRD now is is we're we're squared up on. We don't need to grow just to grow. We need to grow because we've got uh, great systems in place. We've got great support for our franchisees, and our unit economics continue to be attractive for folks uh, to be successful in our business. Melma, you got any shows coming up or places where people can find you? Um, you know, we we really. Uh, we really haven't done shows. We we've done multi-unit in Vegas. Uh, I don't I don't know that we'll do that again. Um, you know, it's we've got we've got a lot of cleaning up to do, and we're doing some new inventory and labor management modules in our in our system now. Uh, we're getting better at marketing. We're we're working on a lot of things to take care of our our folks we have now. Um, beyond that. Um, you know, once we get those systems in place and feel good that, you know, we're winning at uh, purchasing and and our ops are good and our training's good and our new store opening training teams are good, then I think the logical next best step is is to truly put something somebody in into a development uh, role that uh, you know can get out and and just. Uh, you know, get people more familiar with our concept. Well, before I ask you to help the audience better understand how they can get in touch with you and whether they still need to come to Denton or now <laughs> to Fort Worth instead to pay a visit, <laughs> Paul, any last thoughts or questions before we um, we ask Mel to let the audience know how to reach him? No, I, it, this has been this has been great. I mean, anybody that is interested in in culture. Um, and all the things that the brand brings to the table, I mean, certainly should be looking at, at fuzzies. Uh, and, if, and if you're not interested, at least stop in there and grab some, uh, some tacos uh, for certain. <laughs> well, this, is, this speaks to what franchising to me has always been about. It's, it's not the secret sauce that everyone thinks it is. It's the people and it's the relationships, and you've certainly – proven that you can build more than a unit that way you've built the brand around it Mel. so for the benefit of those who want to come see you 
why don't we tell the audience how to get in touch? Sure. Um, I, you know, I'd just go to the website. We've got an inquiry form, and um, fortunately, uh, now that we have so many restaurants uh, across the the country, uh, we'll get somebody. We'll have some conversations, and I can actually make it much more convenient on folks if because I can I can double a, a trip to Florida, for example, to see franchisees there and set up a meeting there. So. Uh, not quite as rigid as it used to be, but uh, send that send that inquiry in. Um, I review every one of those, and I'm the actual guy who who returns the first call and starts the relationship. So um, I don't really like doing much more than having fuzzies conversations with folks. So anybody that liked to visit, it's been a pleasure to be on today and love to visit with you about opportunities with fuzzy taco shop well i hope that more than one or two will find their way to you That'd be awesome. we really appreciate you joining us and letting me join you here today at, anytime uh, at hq well paul what do you think you ready for uh, fuzzies for lunch or what are you doing today yeah, I, def- I definitely am, and I know you probably are. You usually have your, your Jimmy John's right before going on the air, and I don't think you walked into uh, Fuzzy's corporate headquarters with a Jimmy John's under your arm, so uh, I'm sure you're going to be enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it, it, you know, we, we could have planned this a little bit better. If I knew you were coming to the Lone Star State stand, I would have taken a drive up to uh, Fort Worth, uh, but we'll have to save Which that for another day. Mel? I really appreciate you being our guest today, uh, especially on short notice. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks so much. I want to well, tell Bob, our I think that's uh, right. again. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a wrap, and hopefully we don't have technology problems as we leave here. I want to remind everybody uh, next week uh, the same bat time, same bat station. Shannon Hudson at nine rounds. A couple of weeks from then. Will be Ray Titus, and uh, certainly we'll be filling in the gaps. But to remind everybody, uh, franchising in you for those individuals that are interested in learning more about franchising from a candidate perspective, uh, or if you have a business and you're interested in looking at franchising as part of your growth and expansion strategy, that's Saturday mornings at 8:30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, actually, 8:30 a.m. Uh, Central Time. Uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, uh, this week's guest is franchise attorney Tom Spadia, and he'll be talking about the ins and outs of the franchise disclosure document. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best, in this great, great thing we call franchising. And Franchise Today is out. <laughs> franchise pros, stand the man. Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights the pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire. 
from a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear. It's streaming in HD, so fine-tune both your ears. And standing Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor, it's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising, proven concepts, and smart enterprises. So use your left and right side of your brain and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Mm-hmm.